to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Today we want to talk about the third of the ten words. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. It's time to represent. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in New York and Algeria. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Today, we want to talk about the third word, also known as the third of the Ten Commandments. These instructions are vital for every believer in the Elohim of Israel. We must understand them and live by them. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, Moshe reminded Israel about the reason for their 40-year journey through the wilderness. In verse 3, Moshe said the following about Jehovah Elohim. He humbled you allowing you to become hungry, and then fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had ever known, to make you understand that a person does not live on food alone, but on everything that comes from the mouth of Jehovah. This statement is truth and can be taken literally. Remember, the ten words were literally spoken by the mouth of Jehovah. Amen, Daddy. For a long time, until more recently, People have not had access to the written word of Jehovah. Now, not only do we have books, but also Bibles on our mobile phones and access to ministries and teaching about almost any topic one can imagine. Sometimes it seems impossible to get what the truth is because there's so many voices striving to get our attention. Fortunately, we have the Ruach HaKodesh, the set-apart spirit of Elohim, to lead and guide us to what is true. Also, in these last days, Elohim is moving on the hearts of people who know Torah, his instructions, to share the true meaning of his word with whomever will accept it. At some point in the history of our faith, men who were not born Jewish began to assert their influence in what we know as the church. With that came a departure from the Hebraic context, which is the context of all scriptures. Today, Hebrew scholars and historians are applying their skills to uncover information that has been lost for centuries. Now, we may have lost it, but our Elohim didn't lose it. So we are the believers who have returned to the covenants of Israel and the instructions of Elohim. His instructions are for everyone. Mm -hmm. More on that later in the podcast. Now let's get to the third word or instruction from Yehovah Elohim. You can find it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. It says, Lo tisa et shem Yehovah Elohecha lashav, ki lo yenake Yehovah et asher yisa et shemo lashav. In English, the King James Version of this says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. If you've been with us for a while, you know that the Creator gives us His mighty name thousands of times in the original Hebrew Scriptures. Mm -hmm. For various reasons, 
Religious leaders have discouraged or forbade use of the Creator's name, blessed be He, although He never forbade us to speak His name. In the third word, He did make clear His name is to be reverenced. As we look deeper into the meaning of the third word, we see the Hebrew word nasa, translated as take. We've spoken about the meaning of this word before. It means to carry something. We also see the Hebrew word shav in this instruction. That word means emptiness or worthlessness. It can be applied in a material sense, as in something lacking in monetary value, or in a moral sense of the word. A more literal translation of the scripture might be, don't carry the name of Jehovah as if it's worthless. In our episode 130, titled The First Word, we talked about the unique name of the Creator. Please check out that episode if you missed it. As we learn what the Creator's name means, we see that it is wonderful and full of wonderful meaning. Mm -hmm. The second part of this instruction says that Jehovah will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The Hebrew word nakah means to declare one innocent of a crime or an oath or to declare someone free of obligation. Jehovah will not nakah the person who will nasah his name like it is shav or worthless. Leviticus 24 gives a story about a man who didn't heed this instruction. Reading from verse 10, it says, There was a man who was the son of a woman of Israel and an Egyptian father. He went out among the people of Israel, and this son of a woman of Israel had a fight in the camp with a man of Israel. In the course of the fight, the son of the woman of Israel uttered the name of Jehovah in a curse. So they brought him to Moshe. In verse 13, Jehovah said to Moshe, Take the man who cursed outside the camp, have everyone who heard him lay their hands on his head, and have the entire community stone him. Then tell the people of Israel, whoever curses his Elohim will bear the consequences of his sin, and whoever blasphemes the name of Jehovah must be put to death. The entire community must stone him. The foreigner, as well as the citizen, is to be put to death if he blasphemes the name. So the people of Israel executed this man who spoke the name of Jehovah in a curse. In verse 22, Jehovah said to Israel, You are to apply the same standard of judgment to the foreigner as to the citizen, because I am Jehovah your Elohim. This is one of many scripture references where it is written that Elohim's Torah, his righteous instructions, are for everyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're born Hebrew or Jewish or Gentile. Everyone may be blessed in the name of Jehovah, and everyone must be careful about how we use his unique name. This instruction covers more than speaking the Creator's name. It also deals with how we behave in this world, representing his name and reputation. Also, like each of the other ten words, we find them woven throughout the entire Bible. Romans chapter 2 is a great example of the third word referenced in the New Testament. Reading from verse 21, it says, You who teach others, don't you teach yourself? Preaching, you shall not steal, do you steal? Saying, thou shalt not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Detesting idols, do you commit idolatrous acts? 
You who take such pride in Torah, do you, by disobeying the Torah, dishonor God? As it says in the Tanakh, for it is because of you that God's name is blasphemed by the Goyim. This word means the nations or the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. For circumcision is indeed of value if you do what the Torah says. But if you are a transgressor of Torah, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the Torah, won't his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? Indeed, the man who is physically uncircumcised but obeys the Torah will stand as a judgment on you who have been circumcised and have Torah written out but violated. For the real Jew is not merely Jewish outwardly. True circumcision is not only external and physical. On the contrary, the real Jew is one inwardly, and true circumcision is of the heart, spiritual, not literal, so that his praise comes not from other people, but from Elohim. Mama, you know there's a lot packed into that scripture. Please, um, highlight the parts that relate to the ten words and particularly the third word. Okay, Daddy. First of all, we see excerpts from the ten words quoted directly in Romans chapter 2. The Apostle Paul expressly mentioned not stealing, avoiding adultery, and avoiding idol worship. These are three of the ten words. The third word has to do with carrying Jehovah's name with honor and integrity so that Gentiles will not have reason to blaspheme his unique name. This sums up those scriptures. Evidently, some believers were not living according to the ten words, and because of their poor example, Gentiles used their sin to discredit our Elohim. That is why we must live lives of integrity. As we do that, he is highly esteemed by the people who watch our lives and who know that we love him. Amen, Mama. You know, our lives are a testimony, being observed by the people around us. May we honor Yehovah Elohim by the way we live. Mm -hmm. You know, I also noticed the inclusive nature of Elohim's instructions in the scripture that uh, you just read. Paul, a highly trained Pharisee, pointed out that the sign of Elohim's covenant is not only physical, it's about our hearts as well. That means that you don't have to be born Hebrew or Jewish to represent the Creator and to be part of His covenant. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and live as if it doesn't matter whether or not you obey the instructions? Or would you take the red pill and carry His unique name in a way that respects His holiness? Only you can answer that question. When we pick and choose which instructions we want to obey and pretend that the other ones don't matter, we tarnish his reputation. Our Elohim will not tolerate that, even though he loves us with an everlasting love. Remember the Lord's Prayer. It starts with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. To me, I understand it to be saying, You are my heavenly Father. May your holy name be highly respected and set apart by all nations and races of people. In our podcast episode 129, called The Ten Words, we said that many races of people stood at Mount Sinai hearing the terms of the covenant. Isaiah 56 gives a great lead-in to the fourth word or commandment. 
and it clearly is directed at the people who were not born Hebrew or Jewish. Verses 1 through 3 say, Here is what Jehovah says, Observe justice, do what is right, for my salvation is close to coming, my righteousness to be revealed. Happy is the person who does this, anyone who grasps it firmly, who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and keeps himself from doing any evil. A foreigner joining Jehovah should not say, Jehovah will separate me from his people. Verse 6 continues with, And the foreigners who join themselves to Jehovah to serve him, to love the name of Jehovah, and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it, and hold fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Mm -hmm. Mama, there is clearly something special about the Sabbath, and there's an opportunity for anyone to participate in it. We have to talk about the Sabbath day. Amen, Daddy. But that's all the time we have for today. Please listen again online and share this with a friend. Join us next time when we talk about the fourth word, remember the Sabbath day. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.